If you have your Bible with you today, I'd like you to turn with me to two passages in the New Testament. The first will be in Matthew chapter 1, the first book in the New Testament, Matthew 1. And we're going to start reading in verse 18 in just a few moments. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. And then we're going to turn to the gospel according to Luke. And we'll be in Luke chapter 2. And we'll begin reading there in verse 1. So Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 and Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. As you heard before, we are going to finish our journey through Advent today. This is the last Sunday that we'll meet together before uh, Christmas Day. And I want us to focus today on the simple and profound story of Christmas. Now, I hesitate to use the word story because usually when we talk about a story, we're talking about fiction. We're talking about something that is not true, but that certainly is not the case with the nativity. We are going to be talking about an historical fact, but, but I want us to focus on just, just how, how simple and yet profound this is. And, and I think probably um, at some point in your life, and hopefully you still feel this way at least sometimes, at least a little bit, hopefully at some point you've, you've just been captivated by the simplicity and the humility of the birth of Christ. Now as we consider the value and the magnitude of Christ dwelling among men, that we're struck with the value of the gifts that God gave us in Christ. So today what I want us to do is I want us to focus on the, the gift that God gave to us in Christ. We're, we're going to look at this old familiar story through the lens of gift giving. And I want us to see the greatest gift of Christmas. So if you found Matthew chapter 1, I'd ask you if you're able to stand with me uh, to honor God's word. We'll pick up in verse 18 and... Read through to uh, verse 24, and then we're going to switch straight over to Luke chapter 1, or Luke chapter 2, I'm sorry. Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Turn over, if you would, to Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, and keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Thank you. may be seated. Now, just on a, a, just a, a practical human level, when we, when we think about the gifts that we've been given, for maybe it's a, a wedding anniversary, a birthday uh, a celebration, <laughs> a, a Christmas present, whatever it is, when we think about those gifts that we've been given, I want, you to, I want you to answer in your own mind, what is it that makes a great gift a great gift? Now, we've all had stinkers of gifts, right? I mean, just a week or two ago, we had the gag gift party, and we had some stinkers as far as gifts go. And we, some of us have had those in, in just, you know, somebody just doesn't know us, and they give, give us some, some gifts that aren't really all that great. But, but think about the ones that have been just really meaningful to you, the ones that have been special, that, that have become heirlooms, the ones that, that you still remember. Maybe it was years ago, but you still remember that thing to this day. What is it that makes a great gift a great gift. Now, I never really considered that until uh, I started preparing for this message. And, and sometimes we get something that's not worth a whole lot monetarily speaking. But for whatever reason, uh, that, that item that is given to us, says it, it's, it's just very meaningful. And as I thought about this, I, I think that there are four things that make a good gift really good. And these things apply to the giving of Christ. The first is presentation. One of the things that makes a great gift a great gift is the way in which it's presented. Now, now ha- haven't you noticed that presents seem better when they look nice? Now, we all have people in our lives. My sister-in-law is one of these people that just go all out when it comes to wrapping presents. You know what I mean? I mean, she'll buy the, 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 the nicest paper. She'll get ribbons and bows and she'll tie it all up. And sometimes you hate to even open it because it looks so pretty, right? Sometimes the folks like that, they get the paper that you can't hardly tear it open because it's, it's made of Kevlar or something. I mean, you just can't get it open. And, and these things are, are beautiful. The works of art almost. And contrast that with the times when, when maybe you've had a spouse or your child or somebody has come in and they've given you a Walmart sack with your present in it. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not casting any stones. Because I've, I've given gifts that are wrapped in Walmart sacks because I ran out of time or whatever it is. It's like, sweetie, that's the best I can do. Uh, that, that's it. And haven't you ever noticed that, that those things, even if it's not as good as the present that's in the Walmart sack, if it, if it comes wrapped up in a, a special way, it seems a little more special? Well, when you, when you think about the birth of Christ, the, the gift that God gave us in Jesus, I want you to think about... The, the way in which it was presented. In that first Christmas, 
the God of the universe, the one who spoke, and through the sheer power of his will, the Milky Way came into existence. Just because God wanted it to happen, he made a great white shark. And he made a grizzly bear. And all these majestic animals, a, a wolf. And then he said, you know what? And I'm not putting words in God's mouth. This is my, 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 I don't know, maybe sanctified imagination. He said, I'm going to make a duckbill platypus. It's like I'm going to put all the parts there left over and I'm going to put them all in one. And then he said, you know what? And I, I'm going to make these huge, I'm going to make a whale that's a gigantic animal. And I'm going to make a little bitty, teeny tiny ant. Just because God wanted to do it. The one who upholds all things through his power. The one who created all things by speaking the word. The omnipotent creator of the universe became a man. Philippians 2 says that Jesus, even though he exists in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or to, to held on to, but he emptied himself and, and, and took on the form of a bondservant. And being made in likeness of man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Understand that, that as Jesus was growing up, the Creator became dependent on the creature for food. Think about that. The one who made the earth, the one who created all things, entered into his creation. This, this one who shared in the Father's glory before there was anything. There was once a time when there was just God. No angels, no people, no earth, no nothing. Jesus was there in the beginning. He had perfect fellowship, perfect harmony in the Godhead with the, with the Father, with the Spirit. He enjoyed, after he created the angels, all the rightful praises of the angelic hosts as they flew around and sang, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This one who, who, who all things were made by him and for him. And through him, took on the weaknesses and, and frailties of humanity. This, the, 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 this one that traded the throne of heaven for the manger of Bethlehem. Think of the presentation that God made in this gift. In the incarnation, Jesus took on the restrictions of human nature... And when we look at him, we see what the Father's like. The Bible says that nobody has seen God, but the Son, Jesus, has explained him. And you don't just get the explanation of what God is like by the things that Jesus said, but also in the way that Jesus acted. He literally fleshed God out for us. He is Emmanuel, God, with us. But the special presentation that we have is not just seen in, in God literally dwelling among men, we also see it in the angelic announcement. Now, again, I, there are a lot of things, I guess, that I hadn't thought about until this week. But when you think about it, this, this announcement is really unique in history, not just because Jesus was only born one time. But I want you to think about it. In the Bible, many times an angel would appear, but usually it's just like one. There might be a couple. Now, at the resurrection, there were a few of them. You know, the, there were angels that, that met the women at the tomb. Why are you seeking the living one among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. 
We get things like that, but usually it's just a just a couple, and and they're there. They say a few words, and then they're gone. But not here. If you look at Luke chapter two again, at the birth of Christ, the Bible says that a multitude of the heavenly hosts arrive, singing and praising God. Now that word multitude comes from the Greek word that means it's filled up. You think of plethora. It's, it's, it's full. There's a whole bunch of them. And the word translated as host, the heavenly host, that word host is, is the Greek word for armies. So, so picture this. At the earthly birth of the king of heaven, the sky was filled with the armies of heaven. It was that I, I just, I can't even imagine what it was like to see the whole sky filled with myriads and myriads of angels. And they didn't, they didn't arrive with a message of judgment. They arrived with a song of praise. They sang, glory to God in the highest. Now, it would have been impressive if there would have been Gabriel that showed up. Said, everybody, Jesus is born. It would, have been, it would have been impressive if there would have been half a dozen angels that announced his birth. It would have been impressive if there would have been a couple thousand angels. But the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation, tells us that there are myriads and myriads and myriads of angels. And I just can't help but wonder if maybe all the angels didn't show up. Now, I don't, I don't know that, but I just wonder if maybe all of them didn't show up at Bethlehem to worship the King of Heaven. This one who is showing amazing grace to sinful humanity and being born in a stable in Bethlehem. This one who entered his own creation to redeem sinful mankind like me and you. So the first element that makes a great gift a great gift is its presentation. The second thing that I think makes a, a great gift great is oftentimes it's something that we need. It's something that we something that we need. Now, I have people in my life, namely my father, who is difficult to buy for. And and you probably have those people too. It, it seems like they don't have or they have everything they, they want. And you ask them, What do you want for Christmas? I don't want anything. One time my 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 uncle asked my aunt that, what do you want for Christmas? I don't want anything. Don't give me anything. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And he finally he kept saying, if you don't tell me something, I won't get you anything. And she would never tell him something. So guess what? Christmas morning, she didn't have anything. My understanding is that was not the merriest of Christmases in that household that day. <laughs> now listen, we all have those people that are tough to buy for. But haven't you ever had those people it's tough to buy for? Maybe they're easy to buy for, but just, just, you get that present that they won't get for themselves. Maybe they're, maybe they're too stubborn. They say, well, I could spend X amount of dollars on this, but I have this tool and this tool, and I'll, it'll take me twice as long, but I'll just do it that way. They're hard-headed. They're stubborn. Or maybe they say, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to spend money on that. I've, I have... Kids or grandkids to buy for. Or, or maybe they don't even know they could benefit from this thing, but you get it for them and it changes their life. It makes their lives better. It, it, it helps them in some way. And that's a good feeling, and that's precisely what God did for us. 
Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 says that while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. That's me. And that's you. All of us are ungodly apart from Christ. All of us are sinners. All of us are without hope in this world apart from Jesus. Now, now, out of His great love, the Bible says, Christ brings life to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. He gave us what we needed, something that we couldn't get on our own. Now, the third element that makes a great gift great is that it also brings joy. Now, it's tempting for some of us, I think especially us guys, to get the practical gifts, right? And it's, it may, maybe you're a lady, and, and it's the same way. When you get a Christmas present for somebody, you want it to be something they can use, something they can, something they can put into daily use, something they can make, uh, something they can even put into practice that day. But there are some things that, while they're useful, are not joyful. Now, you might have a significant other, and you buy a bottle of pledge and some rags and give it to him for a Christmas gift. That may be useful, but it's not going to be joyful. You may, you may buy your significant other a bottle of Listerine or Scope. It may be really useful. I mean, they may have breath that will take the pain off a of Buick. And you give it to them and it's useful, but buddy, it's not going to be joyful. Those things that mean the most to us oftentimes are those things that bring us joy. Those things that, that maybe we've been wanting, but we can't afford We've been wanting, but we've been putting others before ourselves. Those things that, that yeah, it's a, it's a dream one of these days. I'd like to have that. I'm not going to splurge on myself. I have this thing. Maybe it's something I didn't, had never even thought of, but this person knows me, and they saw it, and I know they were thinking about me, and they, they, they got it for me, and it's meaningful. It brings joy. The gift of Christ brought and still does bring joy. Look again at the text. Jesus is born in Bethlehem in, in, in Luke chapter 2. The angels praise God. They lifted their voices in praise and worship of the King of glory. They expressed joy. Luke chapter 2 and verse 20 says the shepherds went back praising and glorifying God for what they'd seen and heard. It wasn't just the angels, it was the shepherds. We didn't, read, uh, we didn't read further in Luke chapter 2, but if we would have kept on going eight days later, he was presented in the temple. And there were two uh, uh, aged people that saw Jesus. The first was, was a man named Simeon. And he saw Jesus. And he recognized him as the Messiah. And the Bible says that he praised God. And just about that time, a prophetess named Anna came up, and she saw the, the Lord Jesus, and she began giving thanks to God. Later in, in Matthew chapter 2, we didn't, we didn't read it, but you heard earlier, the wise men, the magi, came from the east. They came to Herod. They said, where's this one who's been born king of the Jews? They find out it's Bethlehem. They go, and the Bible says that when they saw the star that had been leading them, it stopped and stayed over the house, the place where Jesus was, and it says when they saw it, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And then when they came in, what did they do? They bowed down and they worshipped Him. The advent of Christ, the coming of Christ to this earth brought joy. And it still does to this day. Now I'm going to tell you something that you may not believe. But it's true. I have been told 
that I'm kind of a grump. I've been told that I'm kind of curmudgeonly, grumpy, stick in the mud, and other things I can't say from the pulpit that are not as nice. And I will own those things because most all of them are true. But you know what? Even an old Grinch at heart like me, I, I, I like Christmas. I like this season. Even somebody as, as crusty old man like I am, there's, there's just something about the, the giving and the getting of gifts as you see people's faces light up. When you get to express your love for them in, in that way, but especially as we begin to consider what God's done for us in sending Christ, it'll, it'll even warm my old heart up. The, the coming of Christ brings joy. And the last thing that makes a, a great gift great is that it's free. It's free. Now that seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Well, of course it's free. Otherwise, it's not a gift. But some people in this world only give to get. Some people in this world, they will give you something, but you always wonder in the back of your minds, I wonder what they want. Now, I work in, in IT there at Springfield, and if I have a teacher come up to me and say something complimentary, those are warning flags. <laughs> because I know it's going to be, oh, man, I really appreciate what you do. You guys are the best. I, you know, you just keep our district going, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and since you're here, sometimes, and there are a lot of people that are not like that, but you know what I'm saying. There are people that just give to get. There are people that, that will give you something, but there are strings attached. Yeah, I'll give you this, but I expect this in return. But for a gift to be great, there are no strings attached. It's purely an act of grace. It's not a wage, it's not a favor, it's not a trade, it's just for the benefit and the pleasure of the person that receives it. That's what a gift is. That's what makes a great gift great. You don't feel obligated to do something in return. And, and that fact partially defines the gift of Christ's birth. It was purely an act of grace. Jesus didn't have to come. We didn't deserve salvation. Now, sometimes people look at Jesus and he says in, in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And, and people look at that and they say, how rude, how mean. He is being so narrow to say there's only one way. We should look at that and we should say, thank God there is a way. Because we don't deserve it. Without Christ, the Bible says we're enemies of God. There's hostility between us and God. We're running from him. We don't want anything to do with him. And yet he pursues us. He loves us in spite of us being us. And the Bible says that Christ came to give his life a ransom for many. It was free. Now when you get a great gift, what do you do with it? Well, what, what do you just do, period? Well, a lot of times, if it's really great, you're really excited about it. As soon as every, all the dust settles, what do you do? You pick up the phone. Hey, mom, dad, kids, friends, whoever it is, listen to what so-and-so got me. If it's really amazing, you might, you, you might go to church. Say, are there any prayer requests? Well, no, but here's a praise. Jeff is so wonderful. Here's this wonderful gift he gave. 
Hint, hint. And what, but what do we do? We tell people, right? We, we, we let other people know. And if we'll do that about a gift that by this time next year you won't even remember. Have you ever, had, have you ever gone to a few different Christmases? Or maybe it's a, a few days after Christmas, a week later, whatever it is, and you're talking to somebody, haven't seen them in, in a while, and say, hey, what did you get for Christmas this year? Or what's your favorite gift that you got? Uh, you ever done that? I've done it. It may be partially because I, I have a bad memory, but I think probably other people are like this too. In, in a year, you don't remember what you got last year. You might remember something you got 10 years ago, Maybe, but a lot of times we don't remember. We don't remember from year to year. And if we will tell people, if we'll call them up, if we'll share the news about this thing that we won't remember next year, why don't we do this about Jesus, who's with us every day, who gives us eternal life, who's taking us to heaven when we die? He is the greatest gift this world's ever received. Why don't we say something about it? Jesus was and is God incarnate. He took on human flesh. And not, he didn't become less than God when he did that. He took on limitations, the, the, the weaknesses, the frailties, the infirmities of humanity. He was born of a virgin in the town of Bethlehem to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died a substitutionary death. He died in your place on the cross. That if you will put your faith in him, you'll be saved. You'll have your sins forgiven. On the cross, Jesus took the wrath that our sins deserved. He paid the penalty. And He offers the gift of eternal life. It's free to us. But it cost Him His life. That's what Christmas is about. As as I saw somebody, I think it was just this morning I saw, somebody said, when you preach, make sure you talk about the cross because Jesus didn't. Jesus wasn't born to make a new holiday or something to that effect. Jesus didn't come so you'd have a long weekend. Jesus came to die on the cross. He took the full wrath that the Father had towards the sin of those who had put their faith in Christ. And on, he was buried and on the third day he rose again all to fulfill the scriptures. And God's Word tells us that if we'll put our faith in Him alone for salvation, God will save us. God will save us. He'll forgive us. He'll adopt us into His family. He'll, he'll, it's, again, it's, it's free. You can't buy it. There aren't strings attached. You don't deserve it. It is free. And that's what we need, isn't it? Because the Bible says, when we were helpless... When we couldn't do it on our own, when we had no power to make ourselves right with God, Christ died for the ungodly. And that's the greatest gift that could be given. And if you've never received that, that free offer of salvation to put your faith in Christ, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you, I call on you to do that today. The shepherds, when they heard about Jesus, what does the Bible say? It says that they didn't wait. They said, let's go straightway. That means, let's get a move on. And see about this Jesus that we've heard about. 
Waiting can be disastrous spiritually. And I encourage you, if, if, if you have questions about this, I encourage you to come forward at, at the, our time of invitation. If you don't want to do that, you want to talk to me after the service, I'd be, I would love to sit down and talk to you, share with you about the Lord. But for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, when was the last time you told somebody about it? We give these gifts at Christmas time. We'll call people up. We'll share it at church. We'll go to work. We'll talk about it. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Do the people around you even know that you're a Christian? Not do they know that you go to church because those are not the same thing. Do you ever talk about the Lord? And if not, why not? Jesus is the greatest gift this world's ever received. Want to stand with me as musicians come? And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And with nobody looking around, I just I just want to encourage you to consider the gift that you've received. If you're a Christian, you've received the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, free of charge to you. It's not a trade. It's not that you negotiated a deal with Jesus. But rather, it was a gift that was given to you free of charge, without strings attached, purely an act of grace for your joy, for your benefit, for your good, when you didn't deserve it. In all the stuff that we have going on, don't forget the reason we give gifts, the reason we celebrate, the reason we have a holiday is not Well, the, the whole reason for it is just because God gave us the gift of Christ. Don't forget that. And as we give gifts, think about the gift that God gave. And maybe you need to be like those shepherds. You've experienced Christ. You've seen Him with the eye of faith. You've experienced His forgiveness in your life. They went out and they told Not saying you have to wear a sandwich board and stand on the street corner and yell. But just in those daily conversations, talk about the Lord. Make talking about Him a natural part of your conversation. Not, not that it has to be some real awkward thing. You say it and then you move on to something else. It's just part of who, who you are. It's just part of what you experience. And again, it could be that you've never received that gift. It's just like receiving a gift at Christmas. It'll do you no good until you receive it. The Bible says that if you will take hold of that gift with the hand of faith, if you will will confess your sin, if you will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. 
All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not everybody but you. Everybody. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we are struck as we consider again the gift that you gave in Bethlehem so many years ago. We, we thank you. We can't, even, we can't comprehend the humility, the condescension that, that Christ experienced as he came from, from heaven to this earth. He didn't come in glory. He came in humility. He didn't come with pomp and circumstance. He was born in a stable. For people who hated him, who run from him, who have hostility towards him. And God, we know that that is a description of us. God, we thank you that that if we will call upon the name of Jesus, we will be saved. And Lord, I pray that you'd help anybody that's here, that's, uh, that, that's hearing me today. Lord, I pray that you would help them, draw them to yourself, let them put their faith in Christ. And for those of us who have done that, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in going out and telling people. And if we can't go ourselves onto the mission field, help us to tell about these things as we're going through daily life. And God, we know that it's our responsibility to, to go, but also to send. And help us to be faithful in doing that as well. God, again, we just thank you for the gift of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.